the challenge is how do we make sure that all of our customers' interactions with all of our brands are always delightful and exceed their expectations? The B2B Marketing Exchange was created with one goal in mind, to help B2B practitioners across marketing and sales be better at their jobs. Now we're bringing the insights from the stage to your ears. These are the tips and tools you need to succeed. This is the B2B Marketing Exchange Podcast. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another week of the B2BMX Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm Claudia. And for today's episode, we're going to talk all things MarTech innovation because uh, we have Masha Finkelstein on. This is actually a replay from our latest B2BMX in Scottsdale, and she's responsible for marketing technology best practices and innovation at Intuit. Masha has spoken at our events before, but this is her first time as a part of the Intuit team. And we thought this would be really valuable to share with you all because there is a lot of tech out there. I mean, we're seeing the tech landscape expand significantly year over year. So it's easy to get overwhelmed and also feel like you need to just keep implementing tech to keep up. So you kind of lose sight of the bigger picture and the need to create a tech stack that really aligns to not just your goals, but who your buyers are. And Masha really gets to the heart of all that. And Claudia, I know you helped kind of shape where this session would go. You spoke closely with Masha uh, during the planning process. So would love your take on, you know, this topic and, and why it's so important, especially in these times. Yeah, Alicia, absolutely. I mean, Scott Brinker's MarTech landscape, I mean, I know everybody is familiar with it. It comes out, a new one comes out every year. So this year's actually just came out recently and there's over 8,000 solutions on this map. I mean, when you look at it, your eyes will just like gloss over. So I could imagine the struggle for marketers who are, you know, in charge of kind of putting together the tech stacks for their team. It's hard to kind of pick through and figure out what is absolutely crucial and, and what is just a nice to have or one of those, you know, a shiny new toy to just play with when at the end of the day, it it won't really help with revenue or really help boost strategy. So the session really covers everything from auditing your existing tech stack and finding the gaps of where you're what you're missing, and even cutting through the noise to really prioritize investments and, and really take a buyer first approach to vendor evaluation and selection. Masha is an awesome speaker. She's just super sweet and super lovely. I've had the pleasure of working with her in the past when she was at Google and now she's at Intuit. So she's a really just a plethora of knowledge. So everyone, please sit back, relax, and make sure you take some notes because this is a really great session, especially when you're struggling to kind of put together that MarTech stack for your organizations. So enjoy. round of applause to welcome her to stage. Thanks, Scott. Hi, y'all. Welcome. Thank you for making it to the last session of the day. I know I am the last thing between you and drinks, so I'll try to make it more compact than you might expect, and I really want to make the next few minutes valuable for you all, so let's hope that by the end of the session you'll have at least three actionable takeaways. And I'll make it easy and point out when, where the takeaways are, in case you don't know. But hopefully, you'll, you'll notice yourselves as well. Um, so every time I go to work, and I try to find new ways to think about marketing technology. 
and I encourage my colleagues to do the same. So hopefully I'll give you some ideas as well today. But let me tell you a bit about what I do. My kids think that I go to work to eat and drink and play. And the reason for that is when it was at Google, I brought them to work one day and um, not a good idea apparently because uh, there was an arcade game room and a swing and a cafeteria with free food. And so now they think that that's what every job is like. I hope I haven't screwed them up for life with that. But um, my mom thinks I'm in meetings all day and she's actually not far from the truth. There are a lot of meetings, but that's not the only thing I do. My husband thinks I'm a con artist. <laughs> and when I talk to him about planning, vacations, chores, what I want to do for fun, he consistently keeps saying things like, can you please stop marketing to me now? Can we really talk? But what I really do is more like what Billy Bean did, if you've seen uh, Moneyball, or if not, you should watch it. Um, he came in and optimized Oakland A's baseball team using data and science so that they performed at their best. And that's kind of how I think about my role at Intuit. I work with all the teams across the company to help them figure out what the pain points are around marketing technology and how to address them. And we use data and science and all those wonderful things and approaches, just like Billy Bin did. About me in numbers. I was employee number 13 once at a startup. So I've been in startups. I was roughly 100,034 employee, plus minus 100,000 at Google. I like to share my wisdom, just like I am doing right now, and I do it through writing on Medium and LinkedIn. When I was 19, I moved from Siberia, and one of the articles is about that, if you want to check it out. And we have about 100 tools in our MarTech stack at Intuit across all the business units. Anybody here 100 tools in their stack? That's what I thought. So about Intuit, how many of you have used Mint, TurboTax, QuickBooks, have heard of Intuit as a company? Yeah, I was a user before I joined the company, but what really brought me there is the mission. Intuit really is worried about global prosperity, and prosperity not in the sense of financial wealth, but it's bigger than that. I was really surprised to find out that over 80% of small businesses actually use QuickBooks already. And the company is very customer focused, so they bring in the small businesses on campus, they do pop-ups, show their products. You can do free tastings of whatever latest natural, organic, very sustainable drink there is out there that we're supporting with our software. So customer-centric approach is definitely in the DNA for the company. What we're going to talk about today, as you have heard, is how we did the MarTech stack audit at Intuit, how we found the gaps, what came out of it, and how we used that information. So before I share all that with you, I have to flash this in front of you because we are a publicly traded company. So please don't run off to buy stock right now based on what I'm saying. Not only because I wouldn't want you to, but also because if you all leave, then it will be a little lonely. So when I was thinking about joining into it, I went to lunch with a friend of mine, and she works at a big consulting agency. And she was like, oh, so where are you going? Why are you leaving Google? I was like, oh, I'm going to Intuit, actually, to focus on MarTech innovation. She's like, oh, really? I just got an RFP 
for a project at Intuit. I was like, really? Tell me more. And of course, under NDA and everything, she said that it's a marketing technology health assessment project. I was like, oh, huh, that sounds like my role will be. And then when I joined, it actually ended up being my own project and we decided to keep it in house. And the reasons were cheaper, um, relationship building, and people already respected our team, so they were more willing to cooperate with us rather than with an external consultant. If you're not familiar with Scott Cook, he's the founder of the company. And when he was just starting in 1983, he figured out a way to learn what's working and what's not working around the product. He actually did follow me homes when he went to the store where customers bought Intuit products. He found them, basically grabbed their hand and asked if he could go home with them and watch them install the, the software. And this is still a practice at Intuit. For my onboarding, I actually had to follow me home, my mom, who is a QuickBook user. She works for, for a consulting firm, for accounting. And Basically, the whole philosophy that Scott has is that the brand is not what we tell the customers, it's now what the customers tell each other. So everything we do starts with a customer. We operate using design for delight principles and it's pretty amazing. I guess I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. So uh, the challenge is how do we make sure that all of our customers' interactions with all of our brands are always delightful and exceed their expectations. We have over 30 products and three brands, major brands that you've heard of. And there's more brands that maybe some people don't know, like ProConnect for, for businesses. So we had to figure out how to delight our customers at every single touch point. So before we can answer that question, we had to figure out where we are now, what's not working, what's working. So we decided to do this cross-company marketing technology ecosystem health assessment, company-wide across all the business units. Here's how we did it. First, we identified the biggest gaps. And this was a qualitative study where we've talked to over 100 marketers, communicators, sales managers, operations, all people that are involved with any kind of marketing technology at Intuit. Then we figured out a way to establish the baseline where we are now in a quantitative way so we could track it year over year. Then we mapped all the technology to capabilities, and this was key, the capabilities that are needed to support the customer. And finally, how do we utilize what we found, you know? It's sometimes projects like these get lost a little bit. You'll do an assessment and then you'll share the results and everybody's like, great, the project is done, let's move on but it was actually important for us to use this information that we've uncovered. So let's talk about how we identified the gaps. Like I said already, and I will keep saying this because I want to get this point across really hard, is that we start with the customer. You've seen a version of this funnel, I'm sure. You each probably have your own, but the point here is that for the customer, every interaction at every stage of the funnel takes them closer to making a decision towards buying your product or away from it. And the funnel is not linear either, especially when you're 
a company with multiple brands. So somebody who's a Mint user might be considering TurboTax, so they're an existing customer there and a new customer here. How do you orchestrate all of this? My friend Dale, now deceased, said that when you're dealing with people, you have to remember that they are emotional creatures. It's not logic, it cannot be all solved with technology, unfortunately. I wish, right? But we try. So customer journey is definitely driven by emotions. When customers are making decisions, they have their own emotional reasons for it, motivation, they do research, and pretty much every time in the journey, those stages repeat themselves. Here's what we define as customer journey at Intuit. And all of these stages have to be supported by technology, right? Every single touch point, every single point on this chart has to be supported by technology. So when we started talking with marketers, this is what we started with. I said, look, what are your part in the process? How are you doing it? Is there any pain point or gap? And we asked those questions along the three dimensions of roles and resources, processes, and technology. The magic question we found worked really well whenever talking to marketing, sales, marketing operations, or anybody else, is if you had a magic wand, what would you change about the process, the people, the technology? How would you change your existing stack? How would you change your specific vendor you're talking about? This was a powerful question and probably was the most insightful learning for me from this project to quickly get to the bottom of things. Now I use it all the time. My friends are getting tired of it, but that's okay. We got deeper using Grow framework. So whenever we talk to somebody, let's say a paid search person focused on paid search, we ask, what are your goals? And then they would say, well, you know, I'm hoping to decrease the CPA by 25%, whatever it is. Okay, great, where are you at now? Research, current situation. What are the options? What have you tried? What have you not tried? How do we get from now to the goal? And finally, what are you willing to commit to in terms of budget, resources, your time? How does it fit in the priorities? And by talking through all of this, we got really detailed information about basically each marketing technology capability that we've evaluated. To establish the baseline, we needed to figure out a way to measure things. So yeah, interviews are great, you know, I had loads of interview notes, but how do we actually know where we are in a way that somebody can understand? How do we track progress in a way that's not exactly too much in customer's face, right? How do we track customer journey? Are we improving customer journey by optimizing the stack? These are some of the KPIs that you've probably used, I hope, but we usually measure each stage of the journey with KPIs. We're very focused on that. We know what our paid and organic traffic looks like, and we know how many new subscribers we're getting. And we get into monthly active usage and whatnot. And by the way, yeah, if you haven't taken a picture of the slide, this is a good one. <laughs> but in the end, what matters is how will all the optimizations that we do actually benefit the customer and support their interactions with the brands, right? 
And to answer that, you need to focus on the whole journey. What steps did they take? What's the combination of touch points across all the stages, right? Which interaction actually drove the decision before the point of sale? How do the paths vary by audiences? And how do we add value with every single touch point? So this question attempts to get to the bottom of MarTech maturity with just one top two box question. And that's what we asked in the survey. The question is, how much do you agree or disagree that the available MarTech tools enable you to delight the customer? This is the question that we will actually use year over year to see how much progress we're making. Good picture slide as well. So then it was time to map the technology and find which tools we were not utilizing enough, if we had any clones, what were the redundancies, because obviously there are too many options. You might have seen this before, maybe. <laughs> but again, you know, if you keep focusing on the customer, what capabilities are actually needed to make it a good experience for them with every single interaction, then you can use that for even mapping the technology tools. Here's some examples of how you could map it. This is uh, something I did at BetterWorks before where the tools are aligned to the journey stages. This is our Intuit CT map where we map the capabilities bottoms up to how they are needed from the infrastructural perspective to support the customer through the journey. These are some other examples I found on Google, but I like them. Last one I think is Uberflip. Once you have that down, once you map the technologies to the capabilities, it will become really easy to see what overlapping clones you have. That's what we actually call them at Intuit, the clones. We have a project called the clones. We find the clones, we kill the clones. Finally, it was time to put it all together and share the results. That's how I felt when I had all the data. Interview notes from me, from two of my colleagues, uh, all the quantitative data, industry benchmarking results, research reports, all wonderful things. So I felt pretty overwhelmed. But I found a way to make sense of it, and I had to break it down into qualitative and quantitative, but word clouds? I mean, I know a lot of people hate it, but when I uploaded all the documents, into wordclouds.com, which is a free tool. Um, it quickly gave me the high-level themes. And then, because I talked to all the people and they had the user stories, I was able to support the themes with the user stories. And when you support the themes you find through wordclouds with the user stories, it becomes, it be, it becomes making sense. For the quantitative data, we used heat maps. Um, this, again, was the point. We wanted to show all the capabilities, and we asked people to select top three that worked really well, and then select the bottom three, which were lacking or were a pain. This is just a simple heat map, not the actual one, by the way. Um, some people prefer charts and bars, but for me, I thought heat maps was really strong for identifying trends high level. 
finally it was time to tell the story. And the story had to go to all the executives because, you know, they define budgets and we want budgets. So the flow that worked well for us was starting with a problem and then hypotheses and then sharing the findings and the user stories and finally outlining next steps and how we're going to use the data. There's more to the story of telling a story. I actually took a class uh, from a company that I'm not going to share now, but come speak if you're interested afterwards, um, where they teach you how to make it more dynamic and usable, but I loved it. So I'm sharing it with you and shared findings with some slides using a slide doc that people could just read, not necessarily have to see me present. Because uh, like if, you, if you were to see my deck without me talking through it, you'd probably be like, magic wand, what? But this format actually worked really well. People started sharing the slides with each other and, and sending it to all the other executives, and it was great. So what did we learn and what happened next? First, we started using the health assessment findings to inform our whole company three-in-one-year planning. While we identified the gaps, we knew what to focus on. We also consolidated the gaps, gaps we found with the product roadmaps, because apparently one of the findings was that marketers don't always know what product teams are working on, especially at such a large organization. Then we launched the center of excellence called Intuit MarTech Hub. The name itself was kind of a story. I had to come up with something that didn't have the word center or excellence in it. So try naming a center of excellence without using the word center or excellence. But it ended up being launched and it's a resource for marketers to share their learnings, to share the tools they're using, how they're using it. They can request help, talk to experts, etc. Now, now we know where we are with MarTech maturity. We know what the pain points are. We know what the product teams are doing. We know how marketers are feeling about that. And we have a way to measure it year over year with the survey and the top two box question. It was a short survey. It goes into a little bit of depth with specific capabilities, but the main question is the first one that I've shared with you. And apparently with all of this, we are considered now to be a super helpful team which is kind of neat. People are coming to us with requests for projects and now I actually get to advise on more tools, more things. We're starting to think about account-based marketing, which we should have been thinking about for a while, but you know, it's all great. How do we combine that with the small business targeting that we actually are looking for and with the scale campaigns and with B2B and B2C data and combining all of that, but it was great. Picture slide, key takeaways. I promised three. If you remember three, that's great. If you remember just one, that's even better. But always start with a customer to get deep into pain points. Ask the magic question. If you had the magic wand, what would you change? What would you do? Right? Use grow to get deeper with goals. What are you trying to achieve? Research, where are you now? Options, how are you gonna cover the gap between now and the goals? And will to commit resources, budget, people, time, things like that. 
establish the baseline and KPIs with a survey. If you find the quantitative way, that's great. If not, sometimes interviewing and just qualitative is enough. And if you are feeling overwhelmed with qualitative findings, just like I was, then try using word clouds or find whatever way works for you to get the high-level the themes out of it and illustrate the themes with user stories. So one final thought is whatever you do, make sure that every single interaction with the customer is delightful for the customer, which in turn translates to marketers also feeling happy, which translates to sales feeling happy, which translates to the bottom line feeling happy. So just keep focused on the customer. Claude, I think that was a fascinating session. So valuable, especially around constantly assessing the value of the technology, not just for you know buyers, but among internal users, right? I mean, she's a big data-driven person. She's big on analysis. So I think really touching on how to collect and make the most out of all of the insight you get around the components of your tech stack and determining what works, what doesn't, what needs to be revisited. That's the heart of optimization, right? So I, I think that is such a valuable nugget to take away from all of this. Absolutely, Alicia. This was awesome. I especially loved the GROW framework that she shared. The G for goals, R for research, O for options, and W for will. That was really, really awesome to really kind of figure out what the biggest pain points are across the organizations and how marketers and, and sales teams and whoever could work together to really take these innovations to the next level. So Masha did a great job kind of breaking it all down. I really enjoyed this. Yep, definitely a lot of food for thought, I think, for anyone responsible for researching, assessing tech, and just managing that budget. Because especially now, we're seeing some budgets get squeezed. People are, are a bit more cognizant of how and where they spend their money. So I think this framework, these guidelines are, are going to prove especially a valuable moving forward. So thanks again to Masha for that fantastic presentation. And uh, as always, thanks everyone out there for listening. Be on the lookout for another great conversation, great spotlight next week on our podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do so. You'll get an alert when that new episode is available. And as always, if you have any feedback for us, a topic you want covered, a guest you want in our hot seat, definitely feel free to uh, drop us a line on social media at B2BMX on Twitter or our personal channels through email or frankly, any other channel. We'll be there. Thanks again, everyone. Take care and see you next week.